Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 305 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about evaluating and managing electronombrositis. We're going to discuss the causes of electronombrositis, review the signs and symptoms, and we'll talk about how to manage electronombrositis. But before we get started, I'd like to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. You've all seen the name Chattanooga in rehab clinics. Chattanooga has been a staple for all your traditional clinical equipment needs, and they are now carrying modalities including high-powered laser, focused shockwave, and radial pressure wave devices. These modalities have the ability to transform your practice from both a clinical and revenue standpoint. Trust me, I have patients traveling over an hour to come have radial pressure wave treatment in our clinic. Click the link in the show notes to request a quote, schedule an in-person demo, or get more information on their new modalities. You can also visit their website at www.lightforcemedical.com. Welcome back. So, we're going to be talking about electronombrositis today, and uh, this is going to be a pretty short episode. You know, it's uh, electronombrositis is probably the easiest diagnosis to make of all the orthopedic issues that we see. Um, you know, this uh, development of this nice large bump on the end of the elbow is it pretty much gives it away every single time. Um, you know, as far as the anatomy of the bursa goes, you know, that bursa just sits posterior to the electronon. It's a synovial sac. Um, when empty, uh, is basically just like an empty water balloon. You know, it's just kind of wrinkly, really thin tissue. Um, it It's not like you see in, in the books where they show this, this balloon or this fluid-filled sac, it's not always like that at rest, and when it's not irritated or inflamed, it's pretty much flat. Um, the uh, electron bursa is pretty avascular, and so easy to agitate and uh, doesn't heal very well. It takes a while for it to get better if it does get uh, irritated or damaged. When it's inflamed, it fills with fluid, and that's where we see that nice big bump. Typically, it looks like a, a really loose sack unless it's super filled with fluid, uh, and that fluid could be blood or inflammatory byproducts that just fill up that sack, and then it can get really tight. Um, it can be pretty debilitating to patients. I mean, if especially if they do the type of work where maybe they're crawling on their hands and knees or elbows a lot, or uh, their arm is sitting on something like a table and they're doing a lot of work. It can really agitate them when they're flexing and extending and just putting pressure on it. So, um, you know, I, this topic came to mind when I had a recent patient who had a rotator cuff repair who developed this from using a sling. Um, you know, he's about four weeks into using the sling post-rotator cuff and just some pressure on there. Uh, and the most common cause of this is, you know, blunt trauma or repetitive elbow flexion and extension. You know, just bumping the elbow on something can cause this to happen or even just having a little bit of pressure. Now, if you have some underlying conditions, systemic conditions that can, you know, agitate this like rheumatoid arthritis or gout, it doesn't take a lot of pressure to agitate this. Uh, and so those are things to take into consideration. Now, there are non-infectious and infectious electronombrositis. And so you need to make sure that you keep an eye on this. If it was bumped and it was pretty much, you know, just a blunt bump to the elbow. Typically, these will get better over time with some non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, maybe a little Voltaren over the area and some protection. But you need to make sure that there isn't a cut of any sort or break through the skin or dermis. 
you want to make sure you keep an eye out for that because you could develop an infection in that elbow and it can really uh, kind of get out of hand. So it's important that you really inspect that elbow to see if there's been any breakthrough there. And sometimes this doesn't happen, you know, right immediately after the injury. It can take sometimes a week to two weeks before it starts to develop and get worse. Sometimes these folks require an aspiration, but Here's the problem. If you want to investigate to see what type of bacteria is in there and you aspirate it, you increase the risk of infection by like 10%. So it's kind of a trade-off um, and it has to be really, um, you know, you have to decide what that trade-off is when you do that type of evaluation. So, um, but as far as conservative treatment of electronombrositis, especially the non-infectious type, you want to protect that elbow, okay? You want to avoid elbow pressure. Uh, so if somebody is in a sling, try to put a towel underneath the forearm so that the elbow is not taking uh, a lot of that pressure uh, in inside the sling. There isn't a lot of rubbing back and forth. So just put something anterior to the electronom bursa so the pressure is all through the, the, the radius and ulna. Um, you know, studies show that compression helps probably more than anything, uh, even compared to cortisone injections. Uh, you know, cortisone injections are the fastest way to decrease the pain and inflammation, but it is like nominal in regards to how much faster it does it over compression. Um, and then you also increase that risk of infection. So uh, really, you want to try to avoid the injection as much as possible and try to treat it conservatively. If you are one who likes to use iontophoresis with dexamethasone sodium phosphate, I might take the approach of utilizing the take-home patch, you know, like an Activa or something like that. Um, it does take longer to do the treatment, but the amount of current is significantly lower. Uh, and, you know, we're using DC current here on an area that is very uh, susceptible to, you know, skin irritation. So it's questionable if you should use it or not. I've used it in the past and I've never had a problem with it, but I might, you know, have them keep that elbow in full extension and utilize the take-home patch. It takes about three hours to distribute the medication in there with a very, very low current, uh, which is much safer um, as far as that goes. Um, these usually will respond over time, you know, and they'll resolve as long as you place the elbow in the right environment and you don't do too much repetitive flexion and extension, these will settle down, uh, but they do take a long time and you have to protect it for a long time because they get reaggravated so easily. Um, so that's my tidbit today on electronom bursitis. I hope this was helpful for those of you who are listening before September 9th, 2023. Um, just a reminder, we have a few spots left in our one day live lumbar spine course that we're going to be holding in Southern, uh, in South Portland, Maine. Uh, we'll be talking about the evaluation and management techniques for lumbar spine. Greater than 50% of this course is lab-oriented, so I really can't wait to give this course. It's going to be fun, uh, and uh, hopefully we bring a lot of uh, research evidence and experience on how to manage lumbar spine pain better. Uh, but for now, folks, I hope you have a great day. Be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there. 